0: hello, She Speaks stories, tribe, listeners, friends, family, countrymen, (laughs) all y'all. Hello, (laughs) and welcome to another episode. We are so glad that you are here with us. This is Portia.
1: And this is Gwen. Sorry, this is sometimes Gwen. (laughs) No, you're always
0: Gwen. You're just sometimes you're with us, and sometimes you are, for those that are thinking, well, Don't people always call her Gwen? Yes, we do. We always call Gwen Gwen. And we are so excited to have you with us today. We love when it's sometimes Gwen on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so we have an amazing guest with us today. And so Gwen, why don't you introduce her?
1: Oh my goodness, we've just met her just a minute ago in person, uh, well, in virtual person. <laughs> <laughs> and she, our guest, um, for over 20 years, she and her husband Chris have been leading and loving Strong Tower Bible Church, a multicultural church in Nashville, Tennessee. She's a bridge builder, a speaker, and a writer who knows the power and the beauty of racial awareness. And, oh, yes, Dorena Williamson takes every opportunity she can to talk about God's diverse kingdom. Mm. Add a chair to the table, friends, and lean in to Darina's ch- children's book, Colorful. And it's for adults, too.
0: I love that. <laughs> yes. I love that so much. Oh, thank you both for having me. I
2: am blessed to be sitting at the table with you and meeting virtually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I wonder sometimes um, when we get to heaven and we get to see all the people that we've connected with over this season. It should be like, oh yeah, we talked (laughs) online. I know I know that 's such a heartwarming thing though, because mm-hmm. i
2: I would love to be sitting at an actual table with coffee cups with, with, with you guys and Absolutely. and i I hope that we would have the opportunity on this side of eternity, but mm-hmm. it's it 's such a beautiful picture portion to think that you know, we will, we will have that knowing, you know, our knowledge will be complete in heaven. Yes. And so we'll be able to say, Hey, girl, I'm so glad to see you. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> yes. Didn't God bring us through, you know? Oh. Uh, yes. I love yes, it. Yes, Lord, please. please. Yes. I love it.
0: I love it. It's so good.
1: Mm. So I'm ready to get going. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about this uh, story time that you're going to share with us. So, Darina, what does your family of origin have to do with your passion for diversity?
2: Well, I love sharing this part of my story. You know, Psalm 139 talks about all the days ordained for me were written in your book, before one of them came to be. And so my story includes being raised in a pastor's home. And most of my education was in white evangelical spaces, Mm. uh, primarily Christian schools. But then most of my worship was in primarily black Christian spaces because Mm. my dad has been pastoring for over 30 years now. So um, I think about... Growing up fluid in multiple cultures, you know, Mm -hmm. um, being aware of who I was as a black girl. And my parents, I think, did a really good job in affirming who God made me to be. Mm -hmm. And yet growing up in a lot of white evangelical spaces, there was that tension that a lot of a lot of African-Americans are reconciling and really people of color in general are reconciling who've spent a lot of time in white spaces. And that Mm -hmm. is you know, as whiteness is normalized, you struggle to uh, be affirmed in who you are because in many of those spaces, the fact that you are created by God as a person of African descent, um, is sort of a non-issue. Right. And so it, it, there's just that tension that you're continuing to reconcile. So, you know, at 49, I'm still working on that. That's still Mm -hmm. a a work in progress. Mm. And, um, And I also see how God used my family of origin to prepare me for the work that I do, because my dad as a pastor um, was always welcoming of people of different diversity. So, you know, we had missionaries in our home from different places around the world. So I'm listening to their stories. I'm hearing their experiences. Um, For a season, we were a home base for many college students from— the Caribbean islands and, uh, just from, from all kinds of places in the U S we were sort of the black family that was a safe place for them. So as a Mm -hmm. young child, I'm hearing, you know, Bahamian accents and, and, and hearing about different cultural foods and things that it was almost like I was getting a taste of other lands, (laughs) you know, um, that some of which I would, you know, eventually get to visit, but I see all of those little and so my story, like Connect the Dots, and now I see how God planned those dots to mm-hmm. connect for me that story of being a part of a, a church culture that would be welcoming of diverse ethnicity, that I was really prepared for that in the way that God planned my family story. And, and it's something that I really treasure.
0: That's amazing.
1: I have a question about something that you said, or just a term that you said, um, that um when you said that white culture was normalizing Mm -hmm. did i understand that correctly can you explain that yes yes so
2: in diversity circles when we talk about white culture being normalized it is it is as simple and literally this is so simple but when i say it people go oh, I never thought about this. If you were going to purchase bandages for your skin, unless you got clear, or if your child wanted um, Spider-Man or their favorite little character, what color are bandages? What is the normal color of bandages? Mm -hmm. It is the color for white skin, right? Mm -hmm. The color nude. Is you know for pantyhose, um, and I'm dating myself, of course, because you know hardly anybody wears <laughs> pantyhose anymore. But you know, when you would, when I would go to purchase pantyhose, if I saw the word nude, I'm not thinking of nakedness, I'm not having any clothes on. I'm thinking mm-hmm. the, the color nude, and I would know. Well, that's not my color, right? Mm-hmm. But that color was that the normalization of whiteness, um, meaning that that was the standard. And mm-hmm. so our institutions and so much of our Christian culture, although Christianity's origination was African, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when we go back scripturally, um, but, you know, the, the normalization of whiteness, meaning that um, because that's the standard and that's the norm, it's not even seen by white people for the most part. But mm-hmm. for people of color, it's this tension that we have had to learn to live with. And so, you know, for me being in those settings where that was the standard, um, again, something like a bandage is, is, is so, so simple, so elementary. And yet so often when I say that to people and then I show them. Mm-hmm. Um, some beautiful new companies that are producing yes. bandages that are yes. multi-ethnic. So my yes. chocolate skin mm-hmm. or my child whose skin might be more caramel colored mm-hmm. or my friend whose skin might be really, really rich, dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. Someone has actually now made bandages so that when they put it on their skin, mm-hmm. you don't see the bandage. And so, right. you know, when you do something like an exercise like that with little children, it shows them, wow. And adults, whenever I do it in workshops, children's major especially, it's like you shared the most profound thing right. in right. the whole wide world. Right. But it's just mm-hmm. a small example of what it means that whiteness is the standard, is normalized yeah. mm-hmm. and 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 sometimes helps white people who may not always be as fluid in those conversations because right. of that fact yeah. um, to consider what that means, and the tension that that creates um, as we begin those conversations about diversity.
1: That's such a good example. I'm left-handed, and um, you wouldn't believe the the hoops I need to jump through just to survive in a right-handed world. Mm -hmm. So I can totally um, relate to you <laughs> yes. in that way. And it really, ah. really helps my understanding. Wow. Oh my yeah. goodness.
0: Yeah. Of all the different things you have to and think about. And that's just
1: one hand.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: That is, that's wow. Really good. So you married Chris tw- 20, years ago. You're, is this your 20th year or are you about to be 20 years married to your husband?
2: Act actually, actually we got eight more years on the twenty. We're, oh,
1: 28th. <laughs> We're at, at the our twenty-eighth
2: year of marriage. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. The, the, the church and actually I I I I know. I know. Yeah. December of nineteen ninety one is when we got married. So I love it. if I'm look, I have to always sit back and do my math. How many? <laughs> how Many years have we been married? (laughs) So, I think that that's actually our 29th year, if I'm actually counting correctly. Bless my heart, but yes, that's
0: (laughs) okay. And so, but you've been at the church for 20 years
2: for actually the church is going 20 or 25th year.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love it! Amazing, I love it. (laughs) I probably need to update my bio. (laughs) I love it. And so, with being there, did you ever imagine? that with the experiences that God had given you and what you've just shared with us about your growing up, that you would write a children's book about race awareness, or is that something that you thought I, I'm going to do that one day?
2: Absolutely not. That was not <laughs> something that I ever planned. It was not written in any of my um, vision boards, my life <laughs> goals. <laughs> um, but I'll, I will say Portia, that you know, when I think of the chapter of our life that God launched Strong Tower, you know, Dr. Tony Evans wrote a book about detours and, and mm-hmm. uses the story of Joseph and how um, Joseph experienced so many detours on the journey to what God's providential plan was for him mm-hmm. to you know, be, be the catalyst for delivering, you know, his people and bringing his, his family, you know, to Egypt from, from the famine that they were experiencing. And so when I think about writing children's books, I can really see how our journey, even with Strong Tower, that God used the detour because we didn't move here. We didn't have a grand plan that we're going to start a church. We think that this is a great idea and this is what we're going to do. Um, It was God's detour from the human plans that we had made. And I love, I love Proverbs 16, nine that says in their hearts, humans plan their course, Mm -hmm. but the Lord establishes their steps. Yes. And so for me, writing, um, children's books on racial awareness, that really was birthed from, you know, at 20 years when I was beginning the journey of authoring is, is, is how, where strong tower was at. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, about year 20 is when these thoughts and these seeds of story ideas started churning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just see that God, He really over, you know, it was like an override <laughs> of <from> my <laughs> human plans and sure. what I was considering my next season of life. Um, but I will say, I absolutely love it. I am so grateful that God's ways are higher than ours. Yes. Um, not that it's easy mm-hmm. when He begins to unfold you turn the page and he says, this is what I have written on this page, Doreena. And you go, Mm -hmm. come again? Right. Excuse me? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) The audacity to say that to God. (laughs) But, you know, if I'm being honest, there have been those times where I've said, God, what are you doing? Mm I this does not make sense. I didn't see this, especially when it's discouraging, you know, sure. when it's encouraging and it's going well, it's mm-hmm. like, Oh God, we trust you or we love you. And we're so grateful for how you're leading. But when it is cloudy or when it's, when we're in those pits, mm-hmm. like Joseph's pits mm-hmm. and you're going, you gave me a vision and now I'm in a pit, like, how does that reconcile? Right. And you don't see, you know, a palace before you and, you know, being second in command of Egypt before you those things that God had in Joseph's destiny, mm-hmm. and I would not have I would not have seen this in my destiny. But I'm grateful that God used the story of Strong Tower and the years of doing that faithful work, sure. um, without ever planning that it would unfold um, to be able to plant these literary seeds for the sure. next generation through children's books.
0: I love that. Was there um, a catalytic moment, if you will, where it became clear, or was it one of those? it was a thought and then maybe you thought about it another day. And then, I mean, I know there's process to a lot of things that we do in life, but was there a moment when you went, I need to do this, or was it a gradual and then you pulled the trigger?
2: Mm, That's a good question. It really was a series of, of profound dot connectors. Um, you know, one of the early ones for me was the unfortunate, um, Death of Trayvon Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks very much like my son, who's now 26, okay. who was a teenager. Um, and so, uh, anytime a, a Black life is lost, you know, be, because our community is such a, a, a collective, we have that collective sense of, of um, what affects one, affects us all. And so, mm-hmm. I felt, I feel every loss, but I think I felt Trayvon's death as a sure. mother because of that resemblance to my son, who right. also liked to wear hoodies. So there was just that right. sense of, I want to go grab my six foot one son, and I'm five one, but I want to go grab him and tuck him and keep my my baby safe. Right. And in the midst of of mourning, mourning that and interacting with people on social media, I I became more aware that many Christians would use rhetoric like well, I teach my children not to see color or, you know, I train mm-hmm. my kids to be colorblind. You know, we're just all of God's creation. And mm-hmm. and and I'd seen that and I disagreed with it, but I began to get agitated sure. in that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. My, my mother heart that was mourning began to feel this agitation. At the same time, I also began seeing um, some new things happening in culture at large, um, namely Mattel, the maker of Barbie, yes. started producing some newer Barbie dolls mm-hmm. that had richer and darker skin tone. Mm-hmm. And my sweet husband, with our three daughters, one of his favorite things when he would travel, he would just bring home a Barbie doll and we just were on Barbie doll overload. Just, <laughs> it, but it, it was just one of those little sweet daddy daughter things and I just kind of let it be. But because of that, we bought our fair share. And mm-hmm. so as I saw that news, although my daughters were older and out of outgrown Barbie, mm-hmm. I was excited about the representation, right? For future little girls. Right. And around the same time, American Girl produced a new little black doll that, um, I don't remember her name, but I think she was set in the sixties and the civil rights era, and, um, you know, it, it, they just were doing a really masterful job of of, of giving some more representation um, with a, a modern little African-American girl. So again, um, I'm I'm celebrating that future generations of girls have more representation, but I'm considering that what's going on in mainstream culture with what's going on in my Christian culture and this right. colorblind thing. And, and again, right. it's agitating me. And as I felt the agitation, I began to feel this sense of, I don't know, maybe I could speak into that. I'm not sure how. Sure. And so God began to drop those source of story seed oh, ideas. Wow. And that's, that's really, I, and I, I thought maybe I'd write a blog, you know, blogging was becoming the thing. Sure. Um, and again, had no way of knowing that years later that that agitation would form into colorful, um, that would actually that. be a resource to help um, yeah. families learn something better than colorblindness. I love that.
0: I, and I love the, the principle that you're talking about within agitation. I think mm-hmm. when we are agitated about something, that that is often the Holy Spirit trying to draw our attention mm-hmm. to either something to do, something to reflect, something to change. Um, agitation is not always bad. Agitation causes action.
2: Yes. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Can you say it
1: again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and I, I, I love what you said about, um, because I, I too often find the term colorblindness in the Christian circles where I travel in. I'm, I'm in a predominantly uh, Caucasian church. And so my friends that I love oh so much And I know they love me so much and my family and other people and all people, what they're saying is they love everybody. And I, and I get that. Mm -hmm. And, and I feel like something that the Lord has shown me recently that it's a matter of, they do have a, a kingdom mindset of, we are all one in Christ. Mm -hmm. but we are still in this world. We're not of the world, but we're in this world. And so we have to straddle both of them. Have a kingdom mindset, but have your eyes on and recognize and see that that we don't all look alike and that we don't all experience the world the same because the kingdom mindset and seeing is a powerful combination.
2: Oh, yes, Mm -hmm. it is. Yes, it is. And my husband likes to say that we are one, Mm -hmm. but we're not the same. Yes, yes. And so, you know, and, and a, a marriage is such a beautiful illustration of that, mm, um, that is because, good. you know, when you see Chris and I, no one would say, well, here comes the oneness of the Williamson's. <laughs> 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 it's kind of like, you don't just say, oh, here comes just this unit of oneness. Right. Uh, and, they're, and they are the Williamson's. You see Chris and you see Dorena, mm-hmm. and we are one, but we are not the same. We are right. different sexes mm-hmm. we are so different individua- individually mm-hmm. um you know our personality types the way we um, interact with people the mm-hmm. hobbies we like like the longer we've been married the more we realize how different <laughs> and, and unique we are and it's right. been a beautiful thing because we celebrate one another's strengths and um you know over time we've grown and learned how to be patient with each other's weaknesses For and sure. you know he can encourage me to Recharge in my special way that Mm. isn't what he likes to do, and I can encourage him the same. And so, you know, we but we are one. We are one unit, and we we will we will fight you together. You know, (laughs) we have to if you're threatening our home. Yes, the the Williamsons are coming together to fight an enemy. Right, but we're we are not the same. And so, um, so I love I love that highlight because I think that's really the heart of so much of what I'm doing and the messages that I want to put out is to show people that our differences are not um, something that gets washed away Mm -hmm. in God's call for unity. And I think somehow that's really been, um, it's a hard thing to unpack for a Mm -hmm. lot of believers that that unity doesn't mean we don't also see and celebrate what is unique about us.
0: I love that. Wow.
1: So... To continue talking about your book, Colorful, which I um, see that it is on sale at Lifeway right now. Yes. And, um, I
0: just bought a bundle. $5. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> There are so many um, of my friends that are in the, um, uh, in the weeds um, and going through the... Um, the difficult part of publishing their book. Can you tell us about what it's what it's like to publish a book? Um, if it um, requires illustrators, what's where do you even go to look for that? And maybe what advice would you give to others if they are, want to publish a book?
2: Hmm. Well, I, I I think for me one of the hardest things about publishing was persevering Mm. and i know for some people publishing a book or books is something that they've aspired to do and they've worked at it for for many years maybe that's what they focus their educational pursuit in um i think you know before i got my my contract you know the whole idea of platform and and you know there's a study that was just released through um lee and low books which is a publisher that's really intentional about diversity and and the stats were really sobering in 2018 that only five percent of of authors are 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 black and i just it just kind of makes your heart go like wow in 2018 when you know (laughs) like what is going on and so you know i knew god had given me a message that could impact, but I really struggled to believe that, you know, that there was a, a scene available for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sadly to say, especially in Christian publishing, because, sure. you know, I would go to Barnes and Noble and see lots of mainstream publishers that featured, you know, diverse skin tones and, you know, books that featured, mm-hmm. um, you know, kids that weren't only white or, or books that weren't just about animals with no characters. And mm-hmm. so I would just say for those who feel that they are called to publish Um, I I would first of all want them to hear me say that your voice matters. Mm -hmm. I know it meant so much for me to just have people say that, whether I was Mm -hmm. at a conference, Mm -hmm. whether I heard it from someone, that your voice matters. And I would also say to them, your story is valuable. And I think it's important to own that before your story is, is in a printed, published form. Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, they call it the imposter syndrome, you know, where you feel you don't belong or, or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody else would be better in this position than me. Maybe it's, it's not for me. And, and mm-hmm. certainly because I, you know, when I started, I didn't have, you know, a hundred thousand followers and I hadn't mm-hmm. done some famous thing or been a movie star in another season of life or something, <laughs> you know, whatever I thought, you know, that this mm-hmm. box of, of a published author looks like, um, I didn't seem to fit it. And so I had to go on my own individual, very private um, journey. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't something that I was posting every day. Hey, y'all, this is where I'm at. And you know, it was a season of ministry life where I specifically felt God say that I was to quietly progress. Wow! And I think that that can be hard in a a a season of culture where people kind of want to have their whole life. It, it, you know, part of it is this whole idea of I want to be vulnerable and, and there's certainly merit to being vulnerable and, and being real. Of course, you know, we should be um, vulnerable and, and understand that our whole self matters to God and, and and should be presented. But I think there's definitely times where we are just grinding and we are doing the work and it may not be something that the masses need to know every detail about. Right. Um, That's good. And so for me God, God called me to that, just quietly progress. And, and so when mm-hmm. I, God intersected in the divine way he did and allowed me to have favor with someone who was looking for multicultural material mm-hmm. and of all places at a major Christian publisher at Lifeway, mm-hmm. um, I knew it was only him because according to the fit and the box of publishing and how it's all supposed to work, Dorena Williamson is not supposed to be in there. And so it was one of those, but God, Greg, but. if God has it for you, no man yes. is going to prevent it. That's right. And, and you, but you have to, again, I go back to it, as I said at the beginning, that God's ways are higher and trusting that his detours and his plans are, are bigger than ours. It may look completely different you know, it may be self-publishing for some of our listeners. It may be publishing an ebook, you know, because they can get it out there right now and, and allow people to, to support it through, you know, Venmo or Cash App and PayPal and Mm -hmm. um, not have to take, you know, you know, a year or a year and a half, Mm -hmm. you know, in the timing that traditional publishing may take, you know, it may be different. It may be a different mode. And as they continue to lay these plans before the Lord. Again, as I stated in that Proverbs 16, 9, we we plan our courses and we should, we are mm-hmm. called to planning. You know, we don't just sit back and say, God, I'm just going to hope you take my thoughts and just form it into something <laughs> and put it out there. You know, oh, he has called us clearly to make plans and to exercise wisdom and to do the good work that he's called us to, but mm-hmm. that he establishes our steps. Is, is really what God did for me. Um, and then to your point about the illustrations um, I'm really grateful with my with all three of, of my kids' books, that B and H's editorial team asked me um, for input on the type mm-hmm. of illustrations that exactly. I that I saw, mm-hmm. and um, and and for colorful and my third book, Graceful, um, I'm pleased that they both feature illustrators of color um, because just as authors of color need to be amplified. You know, I, I'm, I'm grateful that in both books that illustrators of color also, um, mm-hmm. had an opportunity to have books, you know, go around the world and, and, and be blessed um, and okay. be a blessing to people. So I would just encourage people to just know their voice matters, know that their story is valuable, um, and to persevere quietly progress. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do, do the work that God has called them to do, even if it's unseen and, um, you know, do some research on some of your favorite authors, both Christian and mainstream. Sure. Um, and I don't have the numbers before me, but it blessed my heart to find out that uh, some of those people, you know, the the author of, of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. um, uh, the the Walt Disney, you know, people who we we see. Mm -hmm. success and numerically certainly in the billions you know just off the chain success um but they were denied over and over and over again yes (laughs) I mean they had multiple rejections Mm -hmm. like you know and so you know it's easy again to think that oh it's gonna happen and and I I struggled with that I I thought I'm gonna put this out there I'm gonna find me an agent and it's going to happen because this is hot and this is great. And everybody's going to just recognize it. Bam. And uh, that's how it happens for most of us. Some (laughs) people perhaps, but most of us it's, it's going to take time. Um, But, but not be, don't be weary in that Mm well-doing, you know, for in due season, Mm -hmm. whatever that season is, it's, it's due season and God knows what the due season is for you.
0: I love that. I love that too. You mentioned earlier something that is uh, definitely in the black community, that what affects one affects us all. And that is something that within the body of Christ, I know that we all aspire to, that regardless of what the person may look like, that if it affects one, actually, the word of God says this because we are one body. And if one part of the body is in pain or in need, then the whole body suffers. But how do you counsel people when they say, "What can we do to be the bridge?" Because right now, there are people that are poised, and they're just like, "I'll be a bridge builder. I will. I will walk a bridge. I'll be a bridge." What do I do? Yes. Um, what would you say to them? Well,
2: first of all, I love the scripture that you reminded us from. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's First Corinthians twelve. Mm-hmm. You know that we are one body, and um, I would say specifically to our white brothers and sisters. Um, that, you know, when Paul gives us that illustration of a body, he specifically says that, um, one part, cannot say to the other part, I don't need you. Right. And, um, when one part suffers, the whole body suffers. Mm -hmm. So if you stub your big toe, it is all (laughs) the way down on the the bottom of your body. Yes. But that pain travels through the whole body and we (laughs) can all get that you have a toothache and one little tooth and mm-hmm. that pain permeates the whole body. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what size that part of the body is, mm-hmm. our whole body. And that's, you know, anybody in physiology and in medicine and biology understands that they could float lots of grand terms, but we're part of one body. Mm-hmm. And I want our white brothers and sisters to hear us say that, you know, and right now, as we're so focused on Black Life Mattering, that we have been sending a signal of pain. Yeah, for a very long time. Yes, and some of our brothers and sisters, um, there's some numbness there that the Holy right. Spirit needs to come in and correct because. Right. You've been numb, you've been apathetic. you've closed your eyes and closed your ears to our cry of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not to criticize each other's pain, right We're not to downplay it. We're not to say, "I don't believe your pain." Um, we're to say, I, "I hear you, and I want to feel the pain with you." Yeah. Um, and so for those who are are in a place where they are are eager, you know, I know I've had interacted with people who are saying, my eyes are being opened. I'm being awakened. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm. And I would say um, to keep your eyes open. That it not just be um, a moment. You know, humans tend to like bandwagons.
0: Yes. We tend
2: to like jumping on something while it's the thing. And then next week, In our minds, Mm -hmm. we're going to move on to the next thing. Um, But this is is real life. And for people of color, for Black life, this is a matter of life and death. Yes. And so we don't have the luxury of opting out of these conversations. We have to have conversations with our children. Mm -hmm. We have to um, have conversations with ourselves. Yes. So that we can stay alive. Like, we're not even talking about quality life. We're just talking about existence. Right. So, you know, please do the good work of Mm -hmm. growing in your awareness there are so many posts that have been made by wonderful not only by people of color but I'm Mm -hmm. grateful that so many of our white brothers and sisters who have been engaging are saying hey my fellow white brothers and sisters let's not burden people of color with tell me what to do tell me what to read tell me like exactly Mm exactly 10 steps so that I can change the whole world. You know, right. let's not burden our friends <laughs> <laughs> with those questions. I am glad my DMs are open. Right. Please let's take the weight off our people of color because they're, you know, right now there's a lot of trauma and there's a yes. lot of weariness yes. and, and don't add to the weariness with centering your feelings and your, right. your, your grief. Google, Google mm-hmm. is our friend, right? We look Google up everything. Google is amazing. To know. Mm-hmm. So go Google a list of books. Go Google some activities. Mm-hmm. Go Google who you can follow. And, and mm-hmm. again, I've been so grateful over the last week to be included in lists of wonderful you know, bridge builders, You know, people saying, hey, if you're looking for resources, if you're looking for people to follow, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so much awakening that's going on and I'm here for it. I'm here to encourage it um but i want to just encourage people to do the work and stay the course and um and also something that i have personally had to embrace and that is join us in lamenting
0: yes please yeah. please expound you know, on that
2: please you know join us in mourning i think in general christendom is uncomfortable with lament mm-hmm. yes we're uncomfortable with being uncomfortable right and that That's American culture as well. That kind of crosses ethnicity. We Mm -hmm. we want to be comfortable, um, but lament means that we are mourning, and lament is biblical. You know, we see Nehemiah when he saw the state of yes, the walls, you know, being burned to the ground. Mm -hmm. The first thing he did was mourn. Yes, you know. And, and as Gentiles, we have been grafted in
0: mm-hmm.
2: to a faith that began in Judaism. And right. we need to recapture and understand from our Jewish family, from our Jewish roots, what it means to lament and mourn yeah. Yeah. and not be so quick to jump to the hallelujah of Resurrection Sunday right. and kind of skip on by the brutality yes. and the horror of the cross. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something that I've also had to lean into, um, you know, even some of my, my, my brothers and sisters of other denominations, um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, our Catholic, you know, friends who, who, you know, just, I I realized that I, I could barely even talk about the cross because it was just so terrible, and, you know, I wear it on my, I wear it on my neck and, and that, I put it up at my house, but mm-hmm. I don't really want to think about the crucifixion. It was really awful. But Jesus rose, you know, yes. so even on, on Good Friday, we are already on Sunday and right. we just can't bear to lament and mourn yeah. the horrors um, to weep over it and to right. stay there Um, to allow that to be something that we incorporate into our prayer life, into our worship. It's a Mm -hmm. form of worship, just as raising our hands and hallelujah. We know the victory is ours. We know that the story ends with with the hope of heaven. We know this, Mm -hmm. but we're not there yet. Right. (laughs) We're not there yet. And so while we're on our way, um, lament is such a powerful tool. And it's something that I've just had to to unpack for myself Mm -hmm. and realize Mm -hmm. I want to go too quickly to, you know, let's be together and let's, let's remember our hope and let's claim the promises of Christ. And that's all a part of it, but we, we need to linger and lament. And, and, and what that does is it, it builds an empathy for Mm -hmm. us when we share pain, Um, Mm -hmm. we can't take it away You know, I don't want, I don't want a white brother or sister to think if I lament with you, then that's going to take your pain away. Right. Only God can do that. But your lament means you're joining me in my pain. Yes. And if my friend disclosed to me that um, she was going through a divorce just because I have not experienced divorce and I'm in a marriage that's going on 29 years, doesn't mean that I would turn away from her and say, well, I right. can't relate to you. And so I'm not going to come and share your pain. Right. That, that would not be a good friend. I would right. be a very, very poor friend to her. Right. A good friend and someone who loves her would say, I'm going to come and sit with you. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to try to give you answers because that's not what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. You need me to sit with you and cry with you And hold the bucket if you need to throw up and and maybe figure out how I could serve your family in a creative way and not burden you with saying, well, tell me what you need. Why don't I think up? If I'm your friend, maybe I could creatively think of, how can I serve you? Um, I have a dear friend whose son is continuing to battle brain tumors. Wow. And I cannot relate to that from my four children. But you know what I can think of? In my little bit of brain that God has given me, I could think, okay, she's got to go to the doctor a lot. So maybe I can't go with her to the doctor because that's her job as a mom, but maybe I could get her a gas card. Wow. I could spare $25 mm-hmm. and get mm-hmm. her a gas card. Or you know what? Their family does need to eat. Maybe I can just get her a Uber Eats Eve e-card mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she can get some food so I can help take care of some practical needs. There are things right. I can't do for her, but right. in my little my little bit of brain and creativity that God has given me, I could certainly think up some things. And yeah. And so I just think as we Ask the Lord to show us how do we limit, how do we enter into people's pain and not try to take it away, not try to throw a scripture at them, thinking that that will help us feel better, not burdening them with with questions, but entering their pain, sitting in that with them and helping do what scripture calls us to, which is bear one another's burdens. That's how we're fulfilling the law of Christ. So if we want to do something, let's fulfill the law of Christ and enter into each other's pain. And help lift those burdens
0: and just make it a little bit lighter. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. That's just so helpful and so practical. And I I think in our culture, because we like to sometimes do things, that's why we don't want to sit in the morning and the lament too long Mm -hmm. because it can in error, feel like you're not doing anything.
1: Right.
0: But um, I can think back, and I'm sure our listeners can too, of when you've had those moments where you couldn't escape the lamenting, you couldn't escape the mourning, that mm-hmm. those that were there with you, it, it caused such a bond. It caused such a connection. And, yes. um, you know, and you know what? honestly, I think some of the things that we fear in relationships are the very things that God wants to use to just yes. bond you that much closer to that brother or that sister. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm going to need to think on that one. <laughs> even, some more, even though I just said it, I went, hmm.
2: I know, isn't, that a, isn't that amazing how God is, he's flowing through us as the Holy spirit is filling us that, that we say things and then we go, Oh Lord, you, I, I said that to them, but I got to eat those words. I need to sit back and digest that. some because ooh, that's, that's yeah. something right there. And, uh, but God is so faithful. Um, Amen. and you know, there's no condemnation to those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Mm. So this is not, um, there's, there's not shaming in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a call up. And we are we are capable. We are more than capable. We've been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Um, we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit as our counselor, as our helper. Um, and so we, we can do this. We can do this. It's just whether we're willing to.
0: I love that. Gwen, you want to fire our last question? I do.
1: We have loved having you. We've loved the conversation. But I bet you have one more idea to give us, one more uh, thing to share with us. If you could leave us today with just one final idea, Dorina, what would it be?
2: Well, you guys really helped unpack this at the very beginning when you talked about um, not just looking to our own interests. And my final thought would just be Paul's words from Philippians 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And I want to just encourage and even lovingly as a sister in Christ and with the heart of a mother challenge, um, our fellow listeners, that humility is going to agitate us. Mm. It's going to disrupt our comfort. But humility is our call. Um, Humility goes against the grain of the American dream. Mm -hmm. Humility goes um, against what our culture tells us to seek, both for ourselves and our families. It's so easy to prioritize our own interests and to devalue the interests of others. But this is a clear call. We don't get to opt out of this. And so I would just encourage and challenge um, all of us, and I include myself, to to value others above ourselves Um, and to remember that humility is essential in our pursuit of um, the unity that God has called us to. And um, let's embrace it. And let's ask God to um, give us what we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. and I think yeah. humility is that essential element that will cope as we do the good work of justice.
0: I love that. I, that, I feel like that just deserves an amen. An amen. Oh, of just... Amen, please, Lord, for all of us, mm-hmm. please. Absolutely. Listeners, oh my goodness. <laughs> This has been such a rich time that we've had. And mm-hmm. as I, I have been asked several times, what are great resources? Um, we have just shared with you an amazing resource, especially for children and um, being an elementary Ed person, um, I know that often those children's books have amazing messages for adults as well. And so we encourage you, go to lifeway.com, get Dorina's book, Colorful. Check out her other two children's books. Um, follow her. Dorina. how can people follow you? Where can they where can they get more Dorina? Well,
2: I'd love for people to connect with me at my website, doreenawilliamson.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I am on all the socials, so um, they can follow me on Instagram at Dorena Williamson. I am on Facebook, uh, Dorena McFarland Williamson, so I can keep up with my 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 people, my friends from, from growing up as well. Right. And then um, I'm also on Twitter at Dorena Will. So any of the socials, please reach out. Um, I also really, really love seeing pictures of the littles with my books. They okay. just they'll fill, fill my heart with joy since I don't have any littles. And, you know, with COVID, I haven't been able to get my, my, my hugs, my church hugs mm-hmm. with the, the little, the littles at church and my church babies. And, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I'm sounding kind of grandmotherish I say that. <laughs> but,
0: you do, do have a 26 year old son. You know, yeah,
2: I do. And, you know, so I could, I, I hope, to, that I'm a few years out, but I will not, be, I, I will not be one of those who's rushing. Mm-hmm. I, I, yes. I've said that to myself. I'm not going to be that kind of a mom, mother-in-law, <laughs> grandmother to be. but I I do love, you know, because God has given me a call and has, has energized me to really help seed our next generation with, mm-hmm. with literature that, that celebrates his diverse kingdom um, with it. stories that really, reinforce shared values, you know, Mm -hmm. both within our Christian faith, but for people who don't share our faith, there are values that are universal. And I want to speak into those spaces. And so I love asking people to pray for me. That's my own posture of humility to say, please pray for me. If you read colorful, thoughtful, Mm -hmm. graceful, and it blesses your family and blesses your children, I humble myself and ask, please pray for a sister. Pray that yeah. God will favor my work and will open the door so that his glory can shine because yes. they're his messages. I'm just the, I'm just the conduit that he yes. downloads them to, to to be spread. So follow yeah. me, share pictures if you are comfortable doing that. Um, they fill me with joy and, uh, and they just continue to display you know, this beauty that God created us to share together.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, welcome, welcome to the Story Tribe. You're now, you're part <laughs> oh, of us. <laughs> absolutely.
2: Well, I am grateful for the belonging and so grateful to both of you. It's a treat to get to, to be in a format like this with mm-hmm. two sisters in Christ. And so thank you for inviting me and for giving me the opportunity to share my story and just to join all the beautiful stories that God's writing for all of us.
0: I love it. Mm-hmm. Listeners, Man, thanks for being with us today. Wherever you are, whether you're at your home or you're driving someplace or you're out on a walk or you're walking through the grocery store and you're listening we thank you. We thank you for joining us and allowing us to be a part of your life and know that your story matters also. And so we look forward to seeing you. I always say seeing you. We're not going to see you because you're listening (laughs) because it's a podcast
1: (laughs) and we listen. Mm -hmm.
0: But we look forward to having your ears again at another time. (laughs) And we love you so much. So until next time, bye.
1: Bye.